Welcome to JNN. This week, you know, we got the first episode up last week, and we started kind of talking about, you know, which direction we wanted to go. And we are talking about some of the, the, the best podcasts out there. And I had, you know, serendipitously had gotten a call from somebody that was asking me um, about, you know, their opinion with this guy that they had been seeing. And they had, um, you know, been using, you know, words like, you know, transparency and stuff like that. And they, they were asking me about this. And, um, you and I were trying to do some show prep. And so this story kind of molds together in a way that when we were looking at some of the best, there's this show called Call Her Daddy. Call Her Daddy. And let me tell you something. I, I hadn't heard this show. If you haven't seen this, we're going to link it into here, and we're <laughs> going to hit some of this. I want you guys to hear a little bit about this. I'm going to plug it in. You can drop in here, and, and we'll play a little bit of this. And then I know, Monty, you had heard some of this. It's, I had listened to it, and, and I was like, oh, my God. It's sort of like Howard Stern from the female's perspective, and it's, it's all about sex. And, I mean, she doesn't hold back on any of it. And you're talking about, you know, when we're looking at some of these podcasts, she was like the number eight podcast. Yeah, I, on one list I saw her in the top five. Yeah, yeah, and I, I couldn't believe it. And I, I had thought that, you know, when we, we start looking about um, – all the things that are going on and which directions that we want to go, you know, you kind of look at, you know, what, what is really good out there, especially in the podcast world. Um, that is kind of one of the interesting ones that I always thought that, you know, at least from a guy's perspective, right. You know, we talk sure. about all these things and we talk about all these dating apps and we talk about all the things that happen inside our life. It's nice to hear, you know, the other perspective because a lot of times, um, you know, we don't talk about as guys, Especially with the detail, you know, some of these girls and, you yeah. know, the call her daddy thing um, is unbelievable. If you don't know the story behind call her daddy, it's part of Barstool Sports. And so she kind of started over there. And I don't think she has a ton of episodes up. I think she's got, what, about half a million uh, subscribers. Yeah, she has 105 episodes. Yeah. And, and it's not, you know, I think she's been around, what, a year roughly? Is that in anyway, you know, I don't know the whole story because I just heard one episode of it. And when I heard one episode, I was like. This is actually really good. It had me blushing at the Roman commercial. I was like, and wow. Let's play that commercial right here. Oh, boom. You're fucking splooging in that pussy. You're splooging in that asshole. And it's like a disaster. You have no dick game. So when I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> what, what am I listening to? And it, I'm telling you, it's awesome. And here was the thing. So I get this call and... You know, she's talking to me about this guy that she's trying to see, and he's talking about, you know, his girlfriend's coming down to see her. <laughs> and, and so I, I was I was confused. I'm like, wait, wait what, what's going on? Because you're trying to explain to me this this guy's coming down and who's he staying with and this girl. And so I kind of get it all sorted out. And it, it, finally at the end, you know, the guy's somewhat living down there, and he's having his ex-girlfriend come down to stay with her. Wow. And so he's trying to explain to her in this in this moment, hey, I've been fully transparent with you. I'm not down with this. Um, I'm trying to push it away. Or I'm trying to give it a break. And she's not really picking up the, the emotional, you know, the, the whole the thing. The Right. Yeah. So, you know, she's like, well, Jay, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, I don't want to be the one to hit you with the emotional two by four. <laughs> but. Somebody does. Somebody has yes, to. Yes. Uh, he's not that into you. If he is having his ex-girlfriend come down there to stay with you. It's probably <laughs> not the right thing. 
And so inside of this, this kind of this conversation going, um, she starts telling me about Call Her Daddy. And, you know, when, when you listen to the show and you listen to what they're talking about and you listen to the perspective of not, not only if, you know, if you haven't been through therapy, if you get a chance to go through therapy, what it brings to the table, right? It brings this super honesty that you can talk about um, not only things with life, but things sexual in the bedroom. And with her, I, I mean, everything's on the table. I, I mean, so I, it was it's great. kind of unbelievable how much she really lays out there. I was surprised. Yeah, never heard I, anybody I, talk like that. Right. Woman. And I, I, I sort of was shocked because I kind of go, I, I took a step back because I think sometimes when we do stuff like this, there's a little bit of stick or we become kind of a character behind the camera and we do things because we need to do, um, you know, we're trying to do something for the show. And so when I'm listening to her, I'm trying to, to actually sort out what she's saying and what she's really doing. And she was talking about going on this trip in this particular episode. <laughs> yes. And so in this episode, she was going to go and she's going to stay in New York. And in, you know, in this time it's staying in New York, she was taking a trip to see another guy. But so she, she has a date in New night, York before right. the date with the main guy that she's taking the trip for. Right. So the like, night the night what? before yeah but you know here's the thing that, that sort of you know kind of sparked all this this conversation was you know i always telling somebody else that you, you kind of get into this dating world and you could be dating you know maybe two or three people i've been married 23 years man. yes yeah, so you don't have I'm a clue out of it. You, yeah you don't yeah. have a clue what's going on with with the the whole dating apps and and everything else and how how it kind of works and i don't think a lot of people do and so it was a little bit uh interesting from the you know the female's perspective because I think a lot of people end up, we end up dating in this, in this kind of, um, you know, you end up two or three people and I don't even know if you want to call it dating. You know, she, I think there'd be a pond, small pond. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I listened to her and what she was talking about and I thought, well, I don't think it's really unfair to, you know, in this particular, if you go have a drink with somebody, is that a, is that a date? I, I don't, I don't consider that a date. It is. If it has romantic intentions in the long term. in the long, you're dude, you're married. <laughs> What are you talking? No. Nobody, no? Okay. nobody goes on a first date and be like, I have romantic intentions for you in the long term. What? Well, no. No? no? So no. it's just a drink? Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I think you start out, you just, that's the way that I... You know, so you're I telling me I can ask girls out for a drink and I won't get in trouble? Well, that's... that's on. I, I wouldn't think it would be a big deal if you're oh. going to go meet as friends. Oh. I'm going to try that and say Jason said you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you deal with your wife on that one. That has, yeah, nothing, that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> but when, you know, when you listen to her perspective as she goes through this, you know, you kind of you, you sit there and you have these kind of conversations in your ha- head, like you know, uh, it, you know, for me, I don't think it's always a huge deal if a girl's out there dating. You know, when I say dating two or three people, you know, you're kind of feeling out. You know, who do you like? What do you, you know? There's a certain time period that you're okay with that. Like I think it's it's fine to go out because you're trying to figure out. You know all of these parameters and you might not know yourself i mean if you had to hit the right ground running after 23 years oh my goodness it's it's kind of a nightmare and then you know depending on what age group you're in if you're 20s 30s or 40s each one of those has its own you know particular stigmas and you know whether there's kids involved or there's no kids involved or if there's jobs involved or a uh, hundred other aspects that go along with that yeah and you know she gets you know unbelievably graphic throughout the whole thing which which is i think is great i think it's fine i I mean we're gonna plug some of it in here okay and and we're gonna drop it in so this is definitely gonna be an explicit podcast oh yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah it's it's, just for those thinking this is a disney 
podcast. Uh, no, no, it's it's not. it's not going to be. And I think you know we talked about you know some of the content and where we were going with this. Um, you know, we we need to kind of play around with some of this. Mm-hmm real authentic stuff that you know you hear it from the girls perspective and i think it's good i think so too it's a it's it uh like i said 23 years married and this is the first time i've really heard a woman talk like this so bluntly uh and you know the the real question i have for you is 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 if you're dating three people if if a, if a woman is dating three guys uh and what if dating by by that means sex sex um so the stigmas in, in my day, anyway, of a girl out there uh, having sexual relations with three guys at one time, not at the same time, but, you know, within a, a couple of days and stuff like that, uh, you know, would have been labeled, I suppose, a slut. Back uh, in, you back know in what? I, I, you got to be careful here because this this is a, you know, if a guy does it, he's a hero. And if a girl does it, she's a slut. And so, I you know, I, I sort of back off on that stuff because I like, you know, I think it's a two way street. And so uh, it doesn't bother me as much. Um, I, I think it kind of depends on how you label, quote unquote, your sex and your, your whole relations on, on where you're at with everything. So it doesn't, you know, it wouldn't bother me a ton, I guess. You know, now I'm not saying you don't want to know, though, you don't want to know, but you also don't want to do this for a large period of time either. Right. You know, sure. you, you kind of come in and it's sort of kind of a mutual thing, you know, where somebody comes out. It's not hidden behind your back where you come out and say, hey, you know what? Listen, you know, just full transparency. You know, I'm. There's a couple of the people I'm talking to. And, you, you don't know. tell. You don't say. You know, we're just doing it missionary no, position no, and, no, and stuff no. like we, that. They, we, I, we don't get into the sexual details okay. of being like, you know, what? I was with this girl last week and she got on top of me and she wrote yeah. it this way because she was listening to call her daddy. You know, well, I, cowboy's the best, right? Anyway. You don't. You don't want to be like, hey, come here. I want you to try something, but listen to this <laughs> podcast first. So in in kind of what I was doing. So when this girl had reached out to me, I'd heard this call her daddy because I was explaining this whole thing to her about like. You know, sometimes guys will date two or three people, and so are, so are girls. And it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that necessarily they're always having sex. It doesn't always mean that they want, you know, uh, even a long-term relationship. Maybe it's just a drink. Maybe it's just companionship. Maybe it's a hundred other things that happen with that. Yeah, loneliness, right? Yeah, especially with COVID and everything. You know, people are lonely. Yeah, so so here's the thing. I, I get done. We, we have our chat, and I get up the next morning, and I'm doing our show prep, and I'm trying to think about what we're going to talk about and how we're going to forge everything. And so I get to the call her daddy stuff, and I get excited because it was very relevant to the conversation that we have. So I take it, and I copy it, and I send it to her. And I'm like, yes, this verifies exactly what I was going to hold on and wait for this because I didn't look at the title when I sent it. (laughs) I didn't look at the title when I sent this thing. And on the title when I sent it to her, right at the top, it says, Roadmap to His Asshole. And wow! Went, oh no! I just she probably thinks you're hinting at something <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, here I go. I just sent this. We just got done talking, and we just had this conversation about dating multiple people. And I now send you call her daddy roadmap to her <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I got to tell you yeah, that that title it, it um, grabbed me too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I looked at that. and I'm like, oh. Man, there's no way out of this one. Did she just, did she listen to it? You know what? I'm not sure if she got the link because I never got anything back. Or maybe she did get the link and saw the yeah. title and be like, What type of damn freak are you? Like yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah. You might have one less friend. Though. Yeah. I probably won't get a phone call back there right. on that one. So I, I was just like, Yeah. But we weren't dating or anything. She was just calling me as, you know. Hey, what do you think's going on with this other guy that I'm seeing? And you know, well, that's I, a weird 
pretense to begin with. I mean, why is a girl that, you know, you may have interest in may not asking you for relationship advice about another guy? And, well, I mean, she that, wanted to begin. That's weird. Well, she no, she wanted the guy's perspective because the guy was using kind of these hot words like transparency. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, and let me and I just kind of went, I went, oh, really? I have to explain this. Like. If a guy's looking at you and starts using words like transparency, yes. it means he's not interested. Or he's seeing three other people, or he's going to send you a podcast that says Roadmap to Your Asshole. Yes. So, there you go. I <laughs> I, I kind of looked at that, and after that conversation, I'm like, oh, man. Maybe you should have blurred that. or I don't, something. you know, maybe I should have read the title, but, you know, it was sort of, you kind of get into... You got into the podcast and, you know, the call her daddy thing. And I had heard, you know, a lot of girls love that show. Believe it or not, it's a whole thing. I mean, there's... you know, ironically, episode 105, which is the one right out after the roadmap to his asshole, is titled Goodbye. Uh-huh. So maybe, 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 maybe it's a get... goodbye thing for her now. And she can send that back to you saying goodbye. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I don't need friends like you that yeah. say roadmap to my asshole. Yeah. It's not the type of person that I'm looking for exactly. So It is a catchy title. I, I have to be honest, I didn't listen to the whole thing. Um, it was a little much for me, I, I guess. Have you let your wife listen to that yet? I didn't even tell her about it. Well, you need to tell her about that. You need to tell her about that. You need to be, <laughs> you know what? You need to text her roadmap to your asshole and let's see how that one goes. After 23 years, you... You're the one that should be sending that text sending to your it. wife, not me. Like you send it to your wife and be like, "Hey, check this out." If I send it over to you, she's like, uh, "Oh yeah, Monty, um, why is Jason sending me this?" I'm typing right now. I'm sending it to her right oh, now. Oh, well, that's that's great. We'll we'll see uh, see how she reacts to that <laughs> live. She'll come down here and scream at us. What are you guys doing right? here? And, you know, when, when we looked at it, you know, part of you know, and this sort of segues a little bit into you know, kind of the the greater. Uh, podcast that she was doing as part of Barstool Sports. Mm-hmm. And Hilarious. You, you know, I think, great. you know, when you kind of look at from the guy's perspective of what Barstool Sports is doing, I think Barstool Sports does an awesome job on the women's side of things where they get to, you know, break things down and it gets away from kind of this, you know, the stigma of ESPN and ABC and NBC where everybody has to be so damn perfect 24 7 and you, you're confined by so much of the network stuff. And when we have that network stuff, um, you have you're restricted in a lot of ways and so that that to me gets very difficult gotcha my wife just peeked in here and shook her head no oh so. i i i saw the door open over here and i went uh-oh you're like uh-oh and i was like <laughs> uh I, i'm guessing gonna... she's taking the title much like your friend did i'm guessing she takes the title <laughs> literally and um I'm probably on my own for lunch now. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Right. Uh, yeah. If I can't you know, send her a dirty thing after 23 years. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, it's probably not the first thing that you've done. That. It's not. So, and I, you know, I mean, we could talk about that. I think she'd probably, uh, she might shoot you on that one. Be like, uh, you maybe know, this, I have the this, guns down here. So yeah, this whole uh, Van Zetten thing. Yeah. That's not going to work <laughs> out for us. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. But, you know, when we look at the Barstool Sports and we talk about, you know, what they were doing, you know, from the girls' perspective, they've even kind of reached out into, you know, I think the relationship side and the bars, you know, in, in the sports side of things. So I think there's really a lot of good things that start to happen there that I think is interesting um, from a lot of different perspectives. Absolutely. I, I like Barstool Sports on TikTok because they have just hilarious videos up there. I, I've never heard of this one, but, you know, I, I like watching people fail. 
That's my favorite thing is fails. Oh, yeah, those are oh, great. Yeah. So Just watch people at, uh, fall on their face. All right, welcome back to J&M. I thought I'd just sneak ahead of Jason and do the intro this time. Yeah. Uh, hey, so we were talking about fails, and you... Uh, I, I always love to go to YouTube for the fail oh, armies. Yeah. I, I mean, the fail armies are great, whether um, they're always, you know, snow, animals, whatever the case is. I, I, pe- people is, you know, I like animals. I don't want to see animals get hurt, but people are mean and and i like watching them hurt themselves there's nothing better than that yeah like the skateboarding ones where they go up and they fall on their face you know it's going to be disastrous (laughs) at first it's like why were you trying to go down a 20-foot wall on a skateboard anyway right what right yeah what what are you doing yeah so you know when we look at that um you know those have just an amazing amount of views and it's just clip after clip after clip and it's, it's always funny to see it's it's sort of like getting kicked in the groin. No matter how many times you see it, it's still funny. It is, it, yeah. You know, like, but it's not funny to get kicked in the groin. It's funny to watch somebody else get kicked in the right. groin. Right, you know, if somebody just runs up and kicks you in the balls, that's oh, funny yeah. to me. You yeah, know, right? Yeah, it, it's, yeah. You don't want to be that guy, but it's funny when you see that, and it, it just it never fails. And it's, it's better if it's a midget. I don't know why, if a midget kicks you in the balls. Yeah. Why no, is that? You know what? I think there's a lot of things that... Um, I don't know what it is with midgets, and I don't know if you can say midgets anymore. You know, I, ca- I, ke- I keep saying this. I'm like, I, I don't know how long we're going to be on. I'm going to say midget get, before we get banned. I'm like, we're going to get yeah. banned. Uh, like, it's not a, first... it's not a negative thing. It's a positive. If people like midgets. That's just the truth. Uh, I do. At Are least. you going to try to spin it that way? I'm like, yeah, you know what? Because we think you're awesome, we get to call you midgets. That's right. Not little people, not dwarves, but I mean, you can call me giant or obese or whatever. Yeah, you're I don't f- care. You're a fairly big guy. You're, yeah. You're, what, 6'3", 275? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Huh? Starting to work out. So yeah. uh, as far as your, your fails go that you find on YouTube, is there anything there that uh, you actually follow, or is it just stuff that you go out and... and yeah, trampoline fails, I think, are the best fails. Uh, you know, watching somebody go up an unnatural amount of, of altitude and then come back down to earth and then screaming away, I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah, the trampoline fails are always good. Um, yeah. our, our insurance agent, actually, we had a trampoline, and our insurance agent, they were trolling the neighborhood or spying on us or whatever, but we had one without a net around it. They knew that somehow, and they sent us a letter saying, if you don't get rid of your, your trampoline or put a net around it, we're canceling your coverage. We were like, wow. Wait, wait, they, they sent somebody out to go like, Evidently they did. the house? Evidently they did. Yeah, is or looked on thing? Google Earth or something. Is that a yearly thing with it? I don't know. I was really shocked. I was like, how do you know we have a trampoline without a... N-? Nobody jumped on it, so we ended up giving it away. But our insurance agent knew we had a trampoline with no net on it. You know, my son has wanted a trampoline forever, and, you know, the, every time I look at those and what the insurance rates are with the trampoline, I have no interest in having a trampoline. I have no interest in dealing with not only the trampoline insurance, that my son is going to go do a backflip, you know, 10 feet and break his uh, neck, break his neck and all the other stuff. Yeah. And I know everybody's like, oh, you know, go get the net. And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I just, I don't want, I don't want to do it. The net helps. I watch, you know, we get a nice view of our neighbor's backyard from here and, and, uh, you know, you can t- watch them take a header once in a while, but for the most part, the net, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't spy on my neighbors, but, uh, the net does help. <laughs> I sit here all day long and I wait for those <laughs> damn kids to go hit that trampoline. I'm like, yes, it's a header. Yes. I've got a new million view YouTube coming up. If Take only I header. filmed it. Yeah, I'd have to ask their permission to film it. Eh, you know, just put a camera over there. It's public property. Just send it in there and be like, yeah, nobody's going to notice. Yeah. So, you know, you, you ended up giving it away. Is that what you said? We did. Yeah. Yeah. We gave it away. We just put it out on Facebook. 
come and get it for free. You know, some of the things that I've seen uh, people do to try to get around that, and I don't know if it really saves anything one way or the other, but they're starting to sink those trampolines down in the ground. thought about that, but I'm too lazy. Yeah, yeah well, then you've got this massive pit that fills up yeah. with e- either mud or rats or everything else. <laughs> and still, I, th- I think, you know, when, when you, at the end of the day, you still have a kid, you know, that's bouncing up, you know, four or five feet that's going to still end up There's still velocity. You know, yeah. you're, still, you're yep. still cutting it down by half, but... Um, it's also not as fun. I, I saw that it, and I it, thought right. it was a great idea. And I was like, oh, what a great idea. And then I jumped around. And I was like, well, this just feels dumb. Like not having that actual elevation on, on the rest of the trampoline, it just doesn't feel right to me. I suppose that's probably what it feels like on the moon. You just get an extra little bounce. I don't know. So we were going back. Let's let's dip back over to uh, some of the bar two sports so. stuff. Um, we were talking about you know even Colin Coward there. You know Colin Coward has some big announcement that's supposed to be coming up. I think either this week or next week, and he was talking about going to Barstool Sports. And I what I had liked about that and, and some of the things that we were trying to develop, especially on our podcast, is what type of content are we going to do? How are we going to work the different types of content that we are going to have? Where are we going to go with this? And I think there's a lot of different ways that we can go. But when you look at Barstool Sports, you know, it, it used to be Barstool Sports really has become what ESPN was in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, with today's relevancy. You know, now that we have all these other forms and you're not being so confined by e, i.e. A, a cable network or a network or, you know, even massive amounts of corporate money that say this is the way that you have to play. I get it. You know, if that's the way they run the network, that's not a problem. I understand. But when you're talking about, you know, a, a ground show like where we're at and we're trying to build and we're trying to do different things and we're trying to play different angles i mean having those confined boxes for us would be a bad space and you know when we started talking you know we had decided you know should we look at some of the radio should we talk to some networks and we kind of bounced that around and that wasn't something that i was really interested in because i've been down that road uh, not only with radio and network and i know you have too we wouldn't last long on the radio we'd, we'd get fired Real fast. Yeah, and I, I think you get into some of this content where, you know, we ca- call her daddy. I, I th- it's much more relevant to people rather than um, – I think people are really sick of the the main network stuff prepackaged that you have to be this 1950s mom. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, I think when you look at call her daddy is a, is a perfect example of that when they're getting explicit about exactly what's happening in the bedroom and they can lay it all out there. And you can listen to most people now have headphones on. You don't know what you're listening to. So it's a way to, you know, take in information that you wouldn't necessarily hear from everywhere else that nobody knows that you're listening to. It's a secret. Yeah. It, incidentally, she her podcast is on the front page of BarstoolSports.com, so it must be a huge hit for them. Well, I think it would have to be. I mean, we were talking about, you said what? She, top five. Is top five or, or yeah. top eight. And how many millions of views is that? I mean, is it a huge deal? Because I was I was surprised that even at number five, she didn't have that many subscribers considering. 144,000 subscribers is what she has. But it pays per per million views, typically. So per mil, one million views, uh, roundabout is about $7,000 of income. Yeah. Now, that's cause it has to cover production costs and all that kind of stuff, but... And that, that's always that's, a, that's a significant amount of money. Yeah, no, it's and it's I think it's an awesome achievement to be able to pull something like that off. Mm-hmm. But, we, you know, what we don't have and what's nice about, you know, when you have the networks or you have the radio or you have that platform, even like Barstool Sports that's been, been built up, is the fact that you have that 
massive launch into you know a hundred or two hundred thousand people right off the bat. Yep. You know, you're not building literally one by one by one by one. You know, you got to send it over to your mom and be like, "Mom, listen to this." You know? But but you could. I mean, like we are. That's an advantage. We're we're building it up one by one by one, and uh, we have a pretty good audience already. And your uh, mother's gonna listen to this week's episode. Are you gonna tell your mom about to call her daddy? Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her about it, but I'm not going to tell her not to listen to this well, episode. you know, when we had talked about that, you had heard that, and I think you, your jaw was like, holy shit, Jason. Yeah. What what, what the fuck did you just send me? You're going to get me in trouble. And I <laughs> and I was just like, I, I was kind of dumbfounded too, and I was like, oh, did you hear the Roman commercial? Yeah. I mean, the Roman commercial was even better than I think the <laughs> And I, you know what, I, I do want to give a shout out to Roman just because I think it's great that when you're able to come on and you're able to back podcasts, especially independent podcasts like that, and let 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 the talent, if you will, yep. be able to write that commercial, I guarantee you nobody over at Roman said, oh, let him come in your pussy and spooge all over the place. <laughs> nobody wrote that for Roman. And I can only imagine the people at Roman going, oh. But it works. It works. Yeah. And it definitely works with her. And so I think, you know, I, I got to hand it to companies that come out that are able to do that. And, you know, I have seen a few Roman commercials on TV. Yeah. Late night. They're, they're tame. Those are tame compared to this one. <laughs> yeah. Let's insert that yet again. Huh? Hold on. Roman is coming through. Hello. My name is Roman, and if your penis doesn't last long, have no fear. I am here. Okay, guys, Roman swipes. You know, if your boyfriend, if you, if you listening to this, if you're splooging a little, if all of a sudden you're like, don't do it, don't fucking do it, and then kaboom, you're fucking splooging in that pussy, you're splooging in that asshole, and it's like a disaster. You have no dick game. Have no fear. Roman swipes. Guys, they are clinically proven to help you last longer in the bedroom. They are effective, easy to use, and fast. Do not require a prescription. They are super discreet and unmarked packaging, so you can put it in your fucking pocket, you little weirdo. No more. And then you go to pound town till the sun fucking rises. Woo! Uh, you know, as a guy, I was listening to that. I went, I feel less of a man now. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if having a girl talk about your ED deficiencies in coming quickly might be the best advertising shot to men, but if it's down and it works, okay. Well, I, you know, there's a lot of guys out there. I'm not one of them. I mean, you know, <laughs> no, never, no, never, no, never, no. There's, there's no small penises are coming no, quickly here. Uh, no, no, definitely not. No. Um, but we do support the little blue pills. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where, where was I going with that? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's refreshing. You know, this stuff used to be in the closet. You know, you had to go to your doctor to get stuff. And, and you know, it's a horribly embarrassing talk. I can only imagine. Uh, and to to speak so openly about it now is kind of refreshing, I guess. Not really. I, I think this, I think, you know, if I have to critique the ad about Roman there, I was I was listening to that. And here's this one. If you haven't seen her, she's insanely hot. She is an insanely hot blonde. Yeah. And there's there's nothing probably more demoralizing than having this insanely hot blonde being like, well, if you have erectile dysfunction and you come quickly and you're just basically a loser, 
don't feel bad. Roman's here to save you. You'll never sleep with me, but Roman will hook you up. And I was like, I, I, I went, what, 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 what is going on here? And uh, it, it doesn't, I don't think guys talk quite like women is honestly no. about their open sex because I know a lot. I don't really know any guys that have taken a little blue pill, but I know obviously with the market out there, my point to that being, I know that they take it. But sure. they sure as hell don't talk about it. They don't it. brag about it. No, no. no. And, I, and I wonder how many times guys take those and they just don't say a word. Like, to everything's anybody. just fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. yeah. yeah. So, we're not going to talk about that. No, absolutely not. Charlie Sheen talks about it. I mean, he's the only one I've really heard brag about uh, about the little blue pills. and Because all the drugs that he takes, he has to take the... Well, the, I, I mean, when you're ripping cocaine yeah. off of 18 year old bodies i mean that's you know makes you it difficult gonna, I would, yeah it would yeah. make it difficult to probably perform under those conditions yeah. and you know you're sleeping with what twenty thousand porn stars I mean, that's, yeah that, that kind of, you know there's it has an effect right i mean i Not think if I you're going to date charlie sheen you you know what you're getting into <laughs> i mean i don't even think you really have to ask are you dating one or two or three people charlie no i'm dating like 25 yes this morning <laughs> That's just my morning. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, I think the open and honesty thing that we talk about is, and you know, I think as, as a lot of guys is kind of we're talking about Roman and, and trying to get, you know, uh, wherever you need to, you know, bolster yourself up, obviously, in, in the room, um, whether it's, you know, the hardware problem, right? If you got to do little blue pills or Viagra or whatever that case is. They make or, pumps too. Well, you know, yeah. Or yeah. or what I'll consider to be the software problem, the stuff in your head and communication and everything yeah. else. You know, those two things, both the hardware and the software, for guys, we don't really talk about. We never have. And, you know, I, I started going to therapy a year ago. And it was probably one of the best things that I've ever done. And, you know, I was one of these hard-ass guys that, you know, I'm not going to therapy, the hell with this. And, you know, I, I didn't have a bad family. I didn't have anything like that. You know, it was just to a point where you get so stressed out with work and you've done everything so far that you just literally hit a wall. And just having beers and just having these conversations with guys, that just wasn't doing it anymore for yep. me. And I don't think, you know, we come out and we kind of, you know, open ourselves up. And to be able to have that communication skills and be able to bust through in a way that um, to your significant other, was just a huge deal that, um, you know, I think a lot of guys are just missing. And I think the shame comes with that. You know, there's there's that shame of going out, well, I'm not going to go to, you know, a therapist. Not that I'm saying I'm going to scream out or, you know, yeah. put on my Instagram my little blue pill unless I'm sponsored by Roman. But <laughs> uh, we don't talk enough about it. And I, I think there's a lot of times that, you know, it's really detrimental to us as guys, not only in the bedroom or where those things lead because if we can't ask what we want in the bedroom right i mean you were i've been married 22 23, 23 years right yeah. and yeah. just sending call her daddy yeah like, got me like, in trouble yeah it was gonna get you in trouble right so now imagine you want to try something out sexually in the bedroom if if i can tell you this being able to talk to your girl behind closed doors with an open and honest um vernacular if you will and being able to say, this is what I want, and this is what I need, those are healthy things, but it's really hard to talk about. I mean, you gotta go, yeah, could you stick something in my ass for me? <laughs> <laughs> I, did, you, 
Did you? Wow. Did you hear my podcast, The Roadmap to My Asshole? You know, um, it's it's super trusting. It's super. You got to throw it out there. You know, and it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you could be talking about the intimacy of just you know a blowjob. Like I get this. You know, when somebody says, "Well, how how do you like it?" Like I I I, I don't without teeth, preferably. <laughs> I mean. Keep the buck teeth in. Right, that's that's sort of the guy's kind of standard. Like, yeah, I I, I don't know. Like, isn't you know, like I, I and you get all uncomfortable. And yeah, how, like, I don't. How I, do you specify? I, I had, right, yeah, right. How do you specify that? I had a friend uh, used to be a friend, and I was using his computer one day, and you know how when Google when you type how to, and it'll make suggestions based on your previous searches. I've typed in how to give a blowjob. Came up. I was like, whoa, this is a 45-year-old single guy. And I'm thinking to myself, why is a 45-year-old guy Googling how to give a blowjob? And I'm thinking, maybe he hasn't come out of the closet yet. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Or maybe, scarier yet, he did that so that he could give instructions to somebody else on how to do it. And either way, it was scary to me if you you knew the character. But, yeah, it, it it was a little weird. At that point. Well, the reason I brought it up is is when I was listening to Call Her Daddy and what she was talking about in this particular episode, she was talking about how to ride guys. And this is all from the female's perspective of, you know, how how they can come and how um, they can control what feels good for them when Mm -hmm. they're on top. And so I'm sitting there listening to it and it's great. It's all about her. I got it. But then they kind of get into, well, this is what I think the guys like. And they're talking about it. I'm like, that's no, tr- probably not. No, that that sucks when you guys do that. But give me an example. Like well, a, like she what? she was talking about they were in this particular place when you know uh, she's on top and she's riding him like the pogo stick in this particular one. And I go, you know, when somebody does that, it's just it doesn't feel right. And the reason it doesn't feel right, and from from either per, you know from either partner's perspective, is the fact that you're not really doing what works for either you or her you just have this kind of stigma that oh i'm on top and i'll just hop up and down and everything will be fine yeah um so from the woman's perspective in this particular episode was was them working on you know with women on really how to control your your climax and what what feels good with you and and specifically you know when you get on top they were telling about positions about laying down and and not necessarily doing two different things uh but working on you know when you're on top, do what feels good for you because, you know, really. You got to take turns. Right. It's kind of like a 69. It's like, you know, n- neither of you are really having that great of a time uh, because you can't concentrate on what's being done to you. Right. And I think, you know, if, if a girl's going to get on top, she needs to be taking care of herself. Do it for her. Yeah. Do it for her. And I'm all for that. You know, that's, I mean, that's her moment. Get on top and. And you know, work out right off moment. into the sunset. That's right, yeah. right. I mean, it's your job to come when you're up there because I can't really do anything. You know, it's it's sort of like this is all for you. That's great because I'm pegged to the bottom here, so I can't move. <laughs> you're stuck, and and you're locked in, and you're like, I, I don't know what to do here. You know, there there is a, a certain feeling to to being on you know stuck on bottom like that, and that's that you're you know she's the primary one how do i say that uh man in 23 years of marriage i've I've forgotten these titles but you see i don't think you talk enough i think that's the problem that's probably it all right let's take a quick break we'll come back to uh who's on top and how right after this 
restart this. Yeah, welcome back to JM. Yeah, welcome back to JM. We are talking about who's on top and how. And no, that's not an Indian name. That is the subject. Like I said, you're going to get us banned. <laughs> you know, if, if it's not the cum shots or anything else, it's, it's going to get us banned. It's going to be that, you know, it's, it, it always kind of makes me laugh. You know, when you listen to call her daddy, we can, you know, say pussy, fuck, shit, all the other things. But you can't say is, uh, don't, say, don't say midget. Yeah. Uh, an Indian know. midget. Oh, it, my goodness. It, if know. you have an Indian oh, midget. That's, that's, you guys went too far over there. Oh, Stop yeah. it. Yeah. But when, you know. That's where we have to stop. In, this is kind of, you know, what she was talking about from her perspective is, you know, I don't think a lot of guys talk about it. I mean, I'm sure there's a, a, a sex episode out there for guys, but, you know, a lot of times it just turns into, you know, just kind of the crude guy bar to, you know, sex stuff. Yeah. And I think it does get missed on the fact that, you know, not taking the time to focus on them and what they want inside of their needs and then more importantly, being able to communicate what you want inside the bedroom. That's why, you know, when you talk about, you know, specifically, you know, getting a blowjob and if they're not doing it right and it sucks, <laughs> what do you do? You go, oh, wow, you really suck. Yeah, no, that's not a compliment. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not a good thing. But the, you, chances of ever getting another one after that are slim. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's it's not going to go over well, and it's probably not going to be you know. Maybe you need to Google how to give a blowjob and send that to. Well, you know, and then you get then you get into the dangerous uh, you porn land of of well, do I go out and I find this girl and this looks really, this looks really good and she's really hot and then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, can, can you do this? <laughs> can you try this out and uh -huh. see how that works? Yeah, I I don't think that's going to go over very well either. No. So. I think, you know, when, when you kind of get there and this kind of goes on to that whole early on dating thing is, is sort of building that, that real kind of trust vernacular to go to those weird places. Mm -hmm. And I think it's much easier, you know, as I have gotten older, um, you know, younger girls definitely don't have, you know, maybe the experience and all the stuff to, uh, emotionally be able to talk to a guy. And I think this is a, a two-way street too more so on the guys the guys aren't communicating to them they just put up with listen i'm gonna come whether it happens in two minutes or 10 minutes it doesn't really matter because if you suck at it are we uh, talking about a 20 year old girl here with you or because 20 30 40, two, two I mean, minutes yeah uh -huh. i mean I, I you know it depends on what's going on but you know i think when you have to sit there and you have to explain it you know if explain what you like it's so hard to do that and then not to feel like uh, like you're a professor you, of right. Uh, well, you don't want to relations. be a professor of sexual, you know, fantasies or anything else, and be like, you know, how much porn have you watched? Give me your porn history, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, we delete that on an hourly basis. <laughs> That's automatic delete. Uh, it's very difficult to sit there and and have those conversations. And I think you have to. I mean, so many times, um, you know, if you how do you start that? How do you start that conversation? That's what I'm curious about. I mean, if I, so I go up to my, my wife is already mad at me over sending, you know, oh. and maybe it's because I said, Jason said to send this to you. <laughs> I said, Jason says to send to you. Uh, yeah. You know, that could be part of it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Somehow I'm, I'm always the brunt of everything. It's yeah. always, it's always, you know, it was Van Zetten was behind this, wasn't he? I did that so that I could blame you should she yeah. become enraged. 
Yeah, so how do you start the conversation? Well, I, I don't think you start the conversation of this sucked. <laughs> uh, and I think, you know, I think it's even harder. You know, here's the harder thing. How do you start the conversation? If somebody's not good at it, then how do you bring it up to them in a respectful manner being like, listen, because you know that she wants to please you. I yeah. mean, it's not, it's not that she's not wanting to do that by any means. It is something that, you know, she wants to be good and she wants to make you happy. So you go, oh, you know, and then you don't want to hurt her feelings by any means. So maybe it's just like anything else. You know, you're supposed to, instead of responding to people with a negative, you respond with positives. And you'd be like, you know, um, the thing you did with your throat or your lips or your tongue was really good. Can you do that more? Right, but... Less if, teeth, more tongue. Right, less teeth, more tongue. Uh, instead of two fingers, can we do three? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, or right. you know, we could raise the the raise it to like hairbrush handles type stuff. Right, right. I, you know, I don't I don't know how you you approach that. I mean, that's kind of where you get into. Uh, you hope that you have like an honest uh, relationship. That, but I I think there's this. This, I mean, you the, don't bring this up on the first date. I mean, when you're sitting no, at the bar no. having a drink with some well, girl. Well, you might, you might, you might, you know, honestly. You might find a freak that actually likes Well, I mean, I mean, forgetting that, but I, I think you could certainly, you know, I don't know if you want to get into to sex on the first date, but I think you can be talking about, you know, sex on, on dates three, four, and five on because you're both new. What's wrong with sex on the first date? I didn't say there was anything wrong with sex on the first date. I said nothing about that. Okay, so... I'm just simply saying. Why is that frowned upon? I don't know. You know. Well, what if somebody hit? What if you hit it off and you're like, this this person's my soulmate, and you know it right then and there, and and. I, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with sex on the first date. I think it's probably. Um, I don't know if it, I want to say it's a, it's a good thing, but you know you're insanely attracted to somebody yeah. if you're having sex, and I don't think that's entirely a bad thing. I think people, you know don't really kind of look at what the emotional response is that, you know what, you've gone out and you've really connected with somebody. Um, it's not you like know. you do, I'm not saying do it every night. I'm just saying if, if once in a blue moon, if once in five no. years you, you meet somebody and you're just, uh, you know, you just click and, and it's uh, instant attraction for both of you. And it's like, yeah. And I think, I think that's not that I, I, I would say, like, you know, everybody that probably is listening to this has one of those stories where, you know, we're really connected and, you know, there's this great emotional connection and it just, it was good. And I think the other thing is uh, as we get older, you know, you kind of need this more emotional connection to sex, mm -hmm. you know, before like sex it, is sex. When you're young, it seems right, right, more shallow. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All I want to do is I just want to go fuck and I want to come and that's all I want to do. I don't really care about talk. And then as you get older, you're like, you want the emotional yeah, connection. Yeah, I've, I've been there the and done that. Connection. Right, and you you find out, and so when you when we start talking about you know how do you have these conversations, you want to be really connected more on an emotional level earlier on inside of of the relationship early on, so you can have that conversation. And you know, girls are figuring that out. Because a lot of girls now want older guys. You know, the dad bod's a popular thing. They say in the '40s is the new '20s, and. Um, you know, I think part of that is because they're realizing that the 40-some-year-olds uh, understand that connection and can connect with them on a different level. Yeah, I think, you know, you get up, you get up above 40 and it's, it's sort of like, you know, we, we've done enough of the one-night stands. Yes. That, and you get there and, you know, you want something more and you mm -hmm. want to have that communicative ability. Um, and I do think, you know, certainly women by 
a large margin have the ability to do that more than what guys do. It, maybe that's just, you know, a simple maturity factor that, you know, really, you know, when girls might be, you know, at 35, you get to 45 and, and you're kind of on that same plane finally at some place that you can have that. I also think you just have to screw up a shitload of relationships <laughs> to to be able to have that. I mean, you know, you've got to have good ones that you blow. You've got to have bad ones that you blow. You've got to have your, you know, you, you got to have this wide swath of things that when you sit down there and you go. You have knowledge. You yeah. got knowledge yeah. about it. and It's just like anything. It takes practice. It takes practice. And it also takes courage to come out and have the conversations, too. That's true. I mean, I think if you're going to go out and date, I think you need to have these conversations, you know, not you don't need to go run and sleep together, but you know, we're new. How are we going to talk to each other um, without offending each other early on? Because I think that's always a tough thing, you know, and if not, if it's not sex, it's, you know, do I look good? Are you liking what I'm wearing? Do you mm -hmm. like what I eat? You know, do you like what I make for food? You know, all of those types of things, you know. It comes back to the love languages. You know, you've got right. a bunch of different love languages. Love languages, attachment theory. Yep. Um, you, you can take your pick on, on a lot of that. And I'll tell you, you know, um, you know, through therapy and stuff that, that I had went into, uh, attachment theory w came up. And, you know, I was picking just awful women. <laughs> I mean, they, they we were all just, have. Yeah, no, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, you go, you, and it, it got to a point. I was like, I had this little epiphany through therapy, and and you know, it was uh, a very simple thing of of why am I picking, why am I picking bad women, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, what am I attracted to? And in my particular case, you you, and I think this is a lot of things with guys that you're attracted to broken women, therefore you think you can save them. So, same with women. They do the same thing with right, guys. Right. And so, you know, attachment theory basically says that there's three types of people out there. They're either secure, there's anxious, and there's avoidant types mm -hmm. of people. And 50% of the people are secure, 25% are anxious, and 25% are avoidant. And inside of those uh, attachment theories, the avoidant and the anxious types are always drawn together, which is oil and water. In other words, yep. somebody feels like, hey, you know, you're too good for me. I can't believe you're with me. And the other person says, you need to slow down. So what's the natural response? <laughs> I want to pull you closer while the other one's trying to push away. Yep. What does that do? It creates nothing but disaster and chaos and drama inside the relationship. And so kind of when I was going through this, I was able to say, oh, well, you know, 95% of my problem was stop picking broken women. And you kind of get to a point and you're like, Duh. <laughs> I, I mean, what, what's what's hard about that? Well, it's it's hard when she's you know a six foot insanely hot blonde or insanely hot blonde that you go. Um, I don't care. I can save you. <laughs> <laughs> At least tonight. Right, and I think it's this yeah. thing. I think this built-in chivalrous thing as guys that we think that we have to do, and we all think that we have these superpowers that we can come in and we can save you as women, and we can't. No, that's, that's true. Um, we can't can't save them, but you know uh, what what you can do, and and this is where it gets into you know you've been doing this a little bit longer, is you find out that you know it becomes a friendship, and then it really turns into more of a partnership, and you want to yeah. have to have somebody in there that wants to be your partner, right? Say so, you know it's 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 beyond you know the sex, it's beyond the friendship you really respect and you really want somebody there with you and you want yeah. to have that emotional response. And when, when you get to that point and it all becomes clear, you're like, I can now like sit down and I can talk with somebody 
you know, not not yeah. even this is not this is not a dating thing. This is not just sitting down and having dinner, and I can I can go around like two or three people, and within about the first five minutes, I can go. You're secure. You're anxious. You're not. And I go. I go. I'm not even gonna mask like. <laughs> You know, if you were going to date people, I you can identify it now almost immediately and go, no, no, because I, I know what my type is. You know, I have an anxious personality, right? And so I'm always wondering, like, well, it's it's hard for me to, um, you know, I'm always panic. I can't believe you're with me. You know, it's you have all these yeah. internal things. Um, but the other 50% of the people are secure, so you can go with that. You just want to make sure, like, from my perspective – that you don't end up with somebody that's avoidant where they're saying, you know, I, I need Pushing space. Yeah, yeah. I need space. Don't, don't come too close. They're always, you know, it's kind of critiquing a you. Of, right. Yeah. They're always going, they're always making lists in the back of their mind about <laughs> you. They're always being like, you know, this is what's happening. And you know, you're not paying attention to that. And so when you don't pay attention to those types of, those types of things, you end up in these shitty relationships and you don't ever really analyze why, why we're doing what we're doing and we just haven't stepped back and i need wanna, to, i need to go to therapy i think you, oh, th you, you yeah. convinced me because you you know you're talking about things that i i guess i haven't thought of um i guess i didn't didn't know i had any kind of a problem uh with communication but evidently i do so yeah i think honestly you know i i've i've re i've started talking about my experiences publicly probably about a year ago, just, and again, I, I bring it up that you don't have to be beat by your dad or you don't have to have, mm -hmm. you know, ass beat stuck in your closet. You don't have to have, you have all of these experiences that you just kind of hit a wall and all of a sudden you just have limited resources. You know, I, I was listening to Howard Stern and he just did an interview with Paul McCartney and they were specifically talking about the song Help that uh, John Lennon had put out. And, and they were playing it, and they were literally talking about this, that, you know, here was John Lennon, roughly, you know, 30, 40, somewhere in there, and he writes this song, Help, and Paul McCartney was talking about, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I had it all together until I hit, you know, later in life, and I had nowhere to turn, I need help. And not just anybody, I need help. Hmm. And the song goes on to talk about that, and having that perspective, you know, kind of goes, you know, this has been something that's going on 40, 50 since you know, the beginning of time is guys that we don't talk about. And here's John Lennon talking about in the song help that he needs help and not just anybody to come out hmm. and, and, you know, to heal and to be able to have these conversations. And, you know, I, I tell everybody, I'm like, you know, you don't have to go to therapy, you know, every week and it doesn't have to be super heavy stuff. It can be, you know, once a month or, or whatever it is for, for what your needs are. I think just to learn to communicate those types of issues, I mean, communication is communication. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be about a specific topic. And I think where, where I found it insanely important, uh, a little bit too late, you know, you, you've sort of gotten through because, uh, but look at how many people split up with a divorce, they've been together, whatever, around 10, 11, 12 years. Yeah. There's, there's kind of that point in there that that so I said you know that ten to fifteen year kind of danger there, zone. There is, and you feel it when you're in a marriage that long too. You you can feel it that the ten fifteen year. You know, we had some close calls. We were like, you know, I don't know, is this worth it or not? Right. So yeah, and it's it, it's still there. And depending on when you hit that ten to fifteen years, you know, you're probably somewhere around thirty five, and you've been together. You just haven't had somebody else's perspective to kind of walk you through. When you kind of think, hey, I'm thirty five years old. 
what if I don't want to be with this person for the rest of my life? Uh, now is a good age yeah. Uh, yeah. to get out in that dating world again. And, and I'm telling you, it's not. I don't care what you th- you're thinking at the time. It's uh, not. Dating no. is uh, horrible. I can't even imagine going through that again. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you definitely feel it at 35 years old. And it, whether it's, you know, you can take that whole swath, I would say probably even 35 to 45, both men and women in there. And I think it's, it's really important for guys, um, to go out and, and, you know, if you can see a therapist and, you know, I'm just going to make a plug that, you know, if you're out there looking for help, you know, where, where I started is I, I went to a place called psychology today and, um, you, you kind of put in, uh, a whole bunch of different parameters in there. You know, I'm in this zip code and there's all sorts of different therapies, which is, is sort of tough. I mean, we could do a whole different uh, topic just on this, but you know, if you need a place to start, start with uh, psychology today, you can put in your zip code and you know, you can do enough research on your own to figure out all the, you know, there's 30,000 different acronyms that come with, with these guys. Yeah. Uh, and you can start filtering down and drill into uh, what it is that you're looking for. And, you know, in, in my particular case, um, you know, I, I specifically looked for a hot younger therapist that, <laughs> that had that had 10 or 15 years. You know why? No. Because I knew that I had just like you sitting there talking about how do I give a blow job or I'm an about to like I I'm about to take this terrifying step to go see a therapist. If I'm going to do this, I want to be full on terrified that this cha- this is really going to force me to sit there in front of a girl that is hot to spill your guts about all the stuff. That sounds in, brutal. And in, in, in because of that, I'm able to have uh, the type of, at least the vernacular, I think that has, has made me a much better man and have mm-hmm. these type of conversations than... Uh, I'll tell you, this is an uncomfortable com- conversation for me. Uh, I can see it. Like, yeah. yeah, I can see that you're back there squirming. Like, and. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, partially because some of it's hitting home and it's a realization like, whoa, maybe I don't have that communication I thought I had. And, you know, part of it's realizing what I do have also, you know, not having to go back in the dating world. But, you know, therapy gives me the willies. I don't know. It just, it shouldn't. I mean, my, 10, 10 years ago, my wife and I did did a therapy together and, and uh, I think I won, you know, there's always a winner and a loser to therapy. You think when you go into it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we ever, ever did get right down to the heart of issues. Yeah. Know? And I, I think, you know, in your, in your particular case and anybody listening to this, that, that might be thinking about doing, I, I wouldn't necessarily say go run to couples therapy. Don't, that's not the first step. No, go, go separate first and, um, start there. Look for what you're looking for and just start and that will lead to at some point maybe you do sit down with couples therapy or in in your case maybe you won't need couples therapy so anyway um psychology today if you're out there listening uh for anything that that you need help or you need a starting point that's a great starting point monty do you have anything uh final thoughts here for the day uh yeah just just uh you know like myself i i just realized i have to open up more and maybe reconsider the therapy myself it's maybe it is scary at first uh, but you know, if you survived it, I might be able to survive it also. Yeah, I'm. I still go. I, I go once a week. All right. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week right here on JNM. <laughs>